everybody. Welcome into this Monday edition of the WTOC Sports Podcast. Jake Wallace, Lindsey Goff alongside with you. And, uh, Lindsey, it was a good week of football. Uh, the weather was not great, but in terms of, especially on Friday night for high school, but in terms of, of everything else, man, college football was super exciting on, on Saturday. We had a couple upsets. It felt like a real college football weekend just from the noon kickoffs till they went, you know, BYU after dark. It was a really entertaining Saturday of college football. We'll talk about a few of our teams here in just a minute. And then the NFL obviously wrapping up on Sunday, another not so great day uh, for my Atlanta Falcons. But um, at this point, honestly, I'm starting to wonder if that's not just going to be par for the course for this franchise for the next uh, few weeks, but we'll talk about Friday night football. We'll talk about uh, what happened on Friday in the high school ranks. We had South Carolina rejoin us, the public school, the South Carolina high school league kicking off their season Friday night, some good results for some area teams, as well as in our game of the week, we had Liberty County and Bradwell jump right into the season against each other. Their game shortened by rain uh, called off in the third quarter, Liberty County winning 10-6. to six, But, you know, both those teams were just happy to kick off and get things going. I uh, want to get your take, Lindsay. What was, what was your big takeaway from Friday? You know, that was shaping up to be a pretty good game. And both of the coaches had kind of mentioned that they were later to start at some of our other schools um, just because Liberty County had postponed sports. Um, so that – this was both of their first game of the season. And you did see some of those sloppy little penalties um, in the first half, just little mistakes kind of shaking the rust off. But both of these teams playing a pretty good game, just running the ball. Both managed to score a touchdown in the first half. That game was called in the third quarter due to lightning in the area. But it was shaping up to be a pretty good ball game. It was a close football game. Um, The turnout was pretty good. It was all around a good night in Liberty County. And fortunately for those two teams, uh, they get to finish that game. They play each other again this Friday night. So, uh, you know, no harm in calling that one. They get another shot at that rivalry matchup on Friday night. Yeah, and a non-region game. And and both coaches I talked to earlier in the week, and they told me, we're just going to go out and play. You know, it's just we're just happy to get on the field. We're going to go out and play. We're going to see what happens. And they, they admit it. We know it's going to be – it's probably going to be a little sloppy. It's probably not going to be the best showing um, ever. But I, I was like you, Lindsay. I thought it was a pretty good game, two physical teams that, that were able to, to play that way uh, in the first game of the season. And now we'll see how they adjust and, as you mentioned, play each other again on Friday. Another team that impressed me, Lindsay, was the Appling County Pirates – they're now 2-0, and a 45-7 win over Westside Macon. One of the few teams to win an out-of-area game. We had a number of those non-region out-of-area games between Savannah, 9-1-2 teams against teams from the Augusta area or, or the Macon area, and it didn't exactly fare well for a number of them, but Appling County was one that, Succeeded in a big way, a 38-point win over Westside Macon. The Pirates are now 2-0 and under head coach Rick Tomberlin. Um, but you look at the next three weeks for this Appling County team, we're going to find out a lot about them. They go to Statesboro this Friday night. They're at Wayne County the next week, and then they're home against Benedictine in one of those kind of COVID-related scheduled games the cadets had to make 
Appling County is a good football team. We're going to find out just how good they are over these next three weeks. Definitely. Statesboro is still looking for that first win of the season. Uh, they started a little later, too, due to COVID cases on the team. But Wayne County, a solid team, and then obviously BC off to a 4-0 start. So that'll be a good test for the Pirates. Yeah, Rick Tomlin's done a great job uh, at his alma mater, and he's got his team off and running. They competed for a region championship uh, a year ago and now looking to do so again this year. In South Carolina private, I thought Thomas Hayward's 16-14 win over Buford Academy. Uh, they score in the final minutes, go for two, get it, and to take the lead and the win. Uh, that's a big win for the Rebels, the defending state champs. Uh, have now won four straight after their season opening loss, and uh, THA starting to really look like they're hitting midseason form. Uh, when you can get a rally like that and a comeback win, Lindsay, it, it's just incredible what it can do for your team. Yeah, and I think they dealt with some weather issues as well, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I believe they had a lightning delay also. So for them to be able to have to go to the locker room for a little bit, come back out, and still be able to pull off a win like that uh, definitely says a lot. And like you said, they're riding four straight wins. That's what you hope for. Yeah, and, and this is a defending state championship team, a program that just continually wins year after year. They're never going to imagine that they're out of a game. They're going to expect to win every game. But when you get some good results going, especially in that kind of way, it can do a lot for your team. As for South Carolina, the, the weather wasn't great just – really across the state. This was their debut, their premier night for uh, public schools, and, and a lot of games got wrecked by weather, um, which you hate to see, but it's the South, and unfortunately, that's kind of just part of the deal. Another team that, that was – Exactly, yeah. That, another team that was impacted by the weather but did come out victorious, the May River Sharks. Uh, their, their class 4A debut, 28-7. Uh, region win over James Island and senior QB Ahmad Green, who feels like he's been there for seven years, not just four. He had three touchdowns in the win. That guy's played a lot of high school football, as have a lot of the Sharks players. And uh, May River, a program that has been excellent the last two years, picking up where they left off with a, a three-touchdown victory on the road. This game was hit by not one but two Lightning delays, head coach Rodney Summers told me that they got home about 2 a.m. on Saturday morning. So uh, not exactly the night that the Sharks were probably hoping for, but they did win, and that's all that matters. This May River team's kind of been the class of, of the public schools in our area in South Carolina, and they look, looked at again Friday night on the road. Absolutely. And you mentioned they got home around 2 a.m. I saw Coach Summers tweet a picture. He was doing uh, laundry. He was washing all the uniforms that were muddy. They wore white uniforms <laughs> at 2 a.m. in his office, uh, checking out the film. So uh, definitely no rest for the weary, I guess, over in South Carolina. It's the glamorous life of the high school football coach. Yeah. And after he was able to get some sleep, uh, Coach Summers was – willing to, to join us here on the WTOC Sports Podcast. Always uh, someone who's fun to talk to and, and gives a lot of great insight into his team. And he did so again after their season opening win. Here's May River Sharks head coach Rodney Summers. 
All right, joined by Rodney Summers, head coach of the May River Sharks. Coach, off to a 1-0 start. Big win over James Island on the road to start the season. Uh, what did you learn about your team Friday night? You know, we, you know, I learned that number uh, seven is as good as he was the last couple of years, Ahmad Green. He's, uh, he's done some good things for us. And the other night, offensively, he was outstanding. Uh, we rushed for 306 yards and didn't throw the ball you know, very much at all, but uh, didn't really need to um, behind the line. And we got, we got some guys that filled in some holes for, you know, we lost big man and um, last year up front. But uh, Justin Barrow was, you know, of course made a bunch of young mistakes, but uh, stepped up and ended up playing well by the end of the game. And Will Wilson, we moved from tight end to center and, and played had an exceptional game, probably graded out the highest that uh, Lyman's graded out the uh, four years of, you know, going on the fifth year we've been here. So offensively, I think we found some, some guys that, you know, help us out up front. And then defensively, we, uh, you know, think we found some playmakers over there as well to fill in. But, uh, you know, guys like Stephen Gadsden and Eli Hall kind of carry us in the, in the back end and up front. Toe Shane and uh, Rhett Harrell do a tremendous job up front for us. But, uh, you know, we're, we're young, you know, some other areas and, didn't make the mistakes I thought we were going to make, but we did make some. we got to fix it on film and just uh, kind of solidify so we can compete against Bluffin this week. Yeah, and, and you mentioned gotten things really going these last few years and, and still plenty of experience, but now jumping up a class. How much does that change how you go about your business in terms of what you expect on a weekly basis? Does it change at all? Well, you know, I, I can tell everybody we've – we really played this region before, minus the uh, James Island. Uh, we played Collinson, we played Hilton Head, Bluffton, Buford, um, you know, in the non-region. So for us, it's not really a, a a new a new region since we've played them. I know it means more when it is region play, but uh, we've played these guys before in, in JV and in varsity the last, you know, few years. So um, I really don't see it being that much different than the last couple of years. Makes a lot of sense. Coach Rodney Summers, May River Sharks, 1-0 and after a win over James Island. Coach, the last few weeks as your team has watched uh, teams, guys that they probably know that go to private schools over there or just across the river, teams here in Georgia playing, how much do you think your guys were ready to, to, to play Friday night after watching so many other teams around them actually get to play real games? We were uh... – you know, we, we were ecstatic to be able to go out there and play because not seeing our kids, you know, once March hit and the whole coronavirus and everything and then having to do spring practice virtually and then being delayed June, July, and not really getting out until August uh, was very hard and just a really late start. And um, we kept telling the guys that if we get to Friday night, that'll be, a you know, a blessing. And they came and when that ball kicked off, we knew then that nobody was going to be able to stop as far as us playing a game. And we were excited after the game. No one made some mistakes and no one some things didn't go well for us in some areas. Uh, we came out with a win, and, and we were just ecstatic that we played football. You know, the guys were, were pumped up, even with the two lightning delays and having to uh, wait and get back at 2 in the morning. It was well worth it, well worth the wait getting out there. After this kind of off season, and like you mentioned, just blessed to get to play the game, how much more special is this season going to be for not just your seniors, but your entire team, your coaching staff, knowing what they've kind of had to deal with and, and go through to even get to this point? 
Yeah, I mean, we've, we've had to rely on our guys to go and work out on their own and, and be prepared for this season, not knowing that it was ever going to happen. Uh, we always had, you know, a little bit of doubt, and uh, but we kept telling them, you know, you got to prepare and be prepared. And uh, coach is the same, and, and I got an outstanding staff that works hard, and so we just, um, again, it's you know, we're we're just proud of them and proud of the hard work they put in, and you know, in the off season. So a lot of them have done it on their own, and then when we were able to get together um, with the guidelines that were set, you know, for us, um, you know, we still kept working and. And not knowing, again, you just always, even even this Friday is not a guarantee. Heck, tomorrow's not a guarantee. You never know if something's going to come up and something happens. And you look at what happened to Hilton Head and Buford this past week. Um, you know, they get, get their games canceled and other schools canceled across the state. So we, uh, again, just, just blessed and fortunate that we're able to play. And we, we take, you know, we, we know that each, each and every day is a kind of a numbered day. We don't know if we're going to get it or not. Coach, appreciate the time. Thanks. Good luck this week. 1-0, the Mayro Sharks and their head coach, Rodney Summers, on the WTOC Sports Podcast. Coach, appreciate the time. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me, Jake. want to thank May River head coach Rodney Summers for joining the podcast. His Sharks will host Bluffton next week in a crosstown rivalry matchup. Now a region game for the Sharks as they jump up to Class 4A. Lindsay, a couple other teams that were impressive on Friday night. Metter, uh, back after a bye week. The Tigers now 3-0. They beat Country Day at home 35-7. They'll host Portal next week. Just kind of another one of those doing what they do kind of wins for Rodney Garvin's Tigers. And then Benedict goes on the road to North Oconee. They win at 49-35. Kind of had to hold on. There in the second half, had a, had a big halftime lead and then were able to keep North Oconee at bay. But a 14-point win for the cadets who are now 4-0. They go to Wayne County next. That should be a whale of a football game Friday night in Jessup. So a, a pair of undefeated teams, two teams that we thought were going to be really good going into this season, uh, haven't proven anything, haven't proven us to be wrong. Uh, now that we're four weeks into the season, both looking like they've got a deep state playoff run in them. Absolutely. Two teams that I've been really impressed with. We've both seen uh, firsthand this year and just really solid football teams all around. Yeah. And I I'm looking forward to, to this Benedict and Wayne County game Friday night. And Jessup, that's a Wayne County team that, that has two losses this year, but both, you know, to quality, quality opponents. And Ken Cribb's always going to have a really good, really well-prepared football team. It'll be exciting to see what those two offenses can do against each other um, at JC Stadium next Friday night in Jessup. So when Friday night was in the books, it meant it was time for college football on Saturday. And this one felt even more special than the last few weeks. Not to say that the other games don't matter or whatever, but there's something about that that SEC on CBS music. When it hits, it just, you know, the, the hair stands up on the back of your neck, and it makes you feel good. The SEC kicking off on Saturday. Georgia gets a win, but it was a little bit nerve-wracking there for dog fans. Trailed Arkansas 7-5. to five at halftime before rallying off to win 37 to 10. Actually, the largest win 
in the SEC this week belongs to the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, but it was it was wolf kind of ugly for the dogs in the first half. Yeah, they were kind of asleep at the wheel. That was a baseball score heading into the half. I mean, they had two points at one point from a safety <laughs> before they kicked a field goal. Uh, but they racked up 22 points in the third quarter, and that really made all the difference for the dogs. Uh, impressive, impressive showing from uh, Stetson Bennett, the Blackshear native. Uh, first new guy under center for the dogs in 42 games. Uh, Jake Brom had been the starter for quite some time, so uh, shake up for the dogs. Yeah, and came in in relief. Juan Mathis started the game, and, and just the, the offense, as you mentioned, was sluggish, and not everything was completely his fault. A number of penalties uh, in the first quarter really stalled the dogs' offense, and then uh, Stetson Bennett, the fourth, they call him the mailman, uh, he delivered on Saturday, 20 of 29, 211 yards passing, two touchdowns, also had a good day running the football. Listen, everyone talks about Stetson Bennett. You've heard it on, the, on this team how much these guys love the junior from Blackshear. Remember, he went to Georgia as a walk-on, left and went to junior college, and then came back to Georgia and, and arrived on a scholarship, and he's – been there for a number of years. He's been in the system. He knows the offense. Yes, it's a new offense under under Todd Munkin, but this is a kid who who could play, man. Those in this area saw him play in high school, and there's a reason that he kind of developed a reputation as one of the best quarterbacks in the state because he was. And then you see what he's able to do at Arkansas, cool, calm, and collected. Uh, came off the bench in a game that Listen, no one really talks about Stetson Bennett. Everyone was talking this offseason about the quarterback battle between Mathis and transfers JT Daniels and, and, and Jamie Newman. And Bennett was just kind of the afterthought. And I liked what he said after the game. He said, you have to think you're going to go in and play. Otherwise, it's not going to go well for you. And it went really well for Bennett as he leads the dogs to a 37-10 win. Um, Plenty of offensive issues to work out, Lindsay, and a big-time opponent coming to Athens next week to play under the, under the lights. That's the Auburn Tigers. Um, this was not the best offensive performance, despite the fact they scored 37 points. There's a lot to work on for Georgia. Yeah, uh, that top-10 clash between the Dogs and Auburn college game day coming to Athens for that one. Um, Auburn obviously beat my Kentucky Wildcats. They're coming in 1-0 as well as the Dogs. So uh, certainly a matchup to look forward to on Saturday. And it's, it's that first game, Russ, that, you know, we kind of we're talking about on the high school level, but it's the same thing for college. The SEC opening up this weekend, you're going to see some mistakes. And especially when you're opening your season in conference play, I think, um, and add to the fact that Georgia was on the road. But uh, I think we'll see a cleaner Georgia offense come out on Saturday. Georgia fans certainly hope so. Uh, the Dogs, 6 of 20 on third down um, against the Razorbacks. The offensive line looked disjointed at times. Um, it just it was not the prettiest kind of offense, offensive show that the Georgia fans were really hoping to see. Um, as much talk as there's been this offseason on what this new look offense was going to look like, they – 
at times looked a lot like they did last year, unable to make explosive plays and just disjointed at times. So, but like you said, first game of the season, you expect some rust. Georgia hoping they can brush that off and, and get ready to go against an Auburn team that's going to come in uh, looking to do some damage. Kirby Smart also not committing to a quarterback after the uh, after the game Saturday. So we'll see what happens uh, when the dogs show back up to Sanford Stadium next Saturday to take on Auburn. Over in Lafayette, the Georgia Southern Eagles thought they had one, thought they had a, a third straight year with a win over a ranked team, and then the 53-yard field goal from the Cajuns split the uprights as time expired in Southern Falls 2018. A number of guys back in this one for Georgia Southern. Um, this was a game where they controlled the clock, threw for actually more than they – ran the ball. Um, when you look at the stats for this team, let me make sure I pull them up here. I don't want to get them wrong. 447 total yards for the Eagles and threw for 255 of those. So the offense was a little more balanced than I guess you would expect this Georgia Southern offense to be and, and look much better than they did against Campbell, I'm going to be honest, even though they only scored 18 points. Um, but a heartbreaking loss. What did you take from this game that uh, was on national TV, a, a pretty good showing for the Eagles despite their result. Yeah, I agree with you. It was a very balanced attack coming from Southern. They just weren't able to pull it off there at the end. Definitely a heartbreaker. Uh, they only had eight players out as opposed to 30-something. Uh, so <laughs> that's helpful. Um and not all of those were COVID-related either. We don't know which ones were suspensions or injuries or coaches' decisions, COVID, we don't know. But a lot more players back this week. Certainly uh, helpful. Wirtz, 11 completions, 255 yards, one touchdown, one interception. A solid showing from him. And then the Caleb Hood catch, I think, was really impressive. And I know on our wire service where we get video, that was listed as the play of the day. Uh, so Georgia Southern playing on national television and getting some recognition, the sophomore slot receiver with the impressive catch for a touchdown. Yeah, it was a tremendous play, and that was actually what set up Georgia Southern's two-point conversion to take the lead and with 54 seconds to play. That's a promising thing. There's Really, over the last offseason, and even last year, Georgia Southern talked about, we want to be able to throw the ball a little more. We want to be able to attack you through the air. We don't want it to be where if we get behind or, or you just expect run all the time, we want to be able to throw it when we want to throw it. And, and this was a great showing in that regard. Um, a really promising drive to open, this, to open the game that ended uh, with no points as, as Southern stopped on fourth down. So missed opportunities, that was the one thing that, Chad Lunsford talked about at the end of the game was just we missed some opportunities and uh, we didn't execute on, on some plays. And, and Louisiana made one play more than the Eagles did on Saturday. I, I know that there's a lot of frustration for Eagle fans when you lose one like that, that heartbreaker. Um, but I think this, if you're a Southern fan, you probably feel a little bit better about your team after this one than you did after the season opener against Campbell. And Listen, Southern's going to have to to flush it and move on. Uh, they travel right back to the boot to take on Louisiana Monroe next Saturday. We're going to hear from 
Chad Lunsford on Monday. One thing I'm interested to hear from him is how do you how do you bounce back? Is it easy or is it is it really tough to bounce back from a loss like that when you feel like you kind of had a, a defeat or you know a defeat snatched from the jaws of victory, so to say? Um, that's one thing I'm, I'm interested to hear from from Lunsford on Monday during his weekly press conference. Well, especially since they went through a whole week of prep for uh, FAU and that game got canceled the day before. Uh, so, you know, you go in, it's not really a bye week. You're expecting to play a game and then to have it called off and you kind of switch gears, start preparing for the next game. Uh, it's, it's weird circumstances definitely that we're in, but it is worth noting that JD King and Wesley Kennedy each had over a hundred yards um, also on the ground. So uh, impressive showings from the George Southern offense despite the loss. A couple other scores of note. Tech falls to Syracuse 37-20 on the road. A turnover dooming the Young Jackets again. Five on the day for Tech, who falls now to 1-2 one and two and 1-1 one and one in ACC play. And then uh, South Carolina 31-27 uh, losers on the night to Tennessee at home. Uh, a rowdy crowd for what Carolina had 20,000. Everything I kept hearing on TV was how impressed everyone was with the, the noise and everything. And Carolina uh, was getting the ball back, Tennessee punting late in the game, and then uh, fumbled on the return. Tennessee is able to recover and run out the clock for the 31-27 victory. So the Gamecocks 0-1, obviously 0-1 in conference play. And it doesn't get any easier as now they travel to Florida to take on the Gators who just might have, might have just scored again in Oxford. Kyle Trask threw six touchdowns for the Gators. Uh, a good start for Florida. Lindsay, big takeaway from Saturday. What, what was the thing as you were watching all those games, as you were watching across the country, what, what's the big takeaway? What's my big takeaway? Man, uh, college football is back. <laughs> it really feels like it. Now that the SEC is back, I know we're still waiting on the Big Ten, but um, I can live without the Big Ten. I'm an SEC girl, so <laughs> I'm happy. Uh, it was a really fun day of football, a lot of upsets and close games, and um, a really good weekend of football, to be honest. I agree. It was fun. Saturday was a lot of fun, um, and, and it really it felt different with, with the SEC back, so – I think a lot of fans agreed. I spoke to some over at, at Coach's Corner, they, and they told me it feels real. The college football season yeah. feels real, and uh, I can't disagree there. All right, so, Lindsay, thanks for joining us. This is our WTOC Sports Podcast. We'll have another coming out later this week where we'll talk about Friday's big high school football matchups, and there's a bunch of them. It's going to be a really fun Friday night here as high school football gets going back here in Chatham County and Chatham County Schools kicking off their season. So, once they're back in, we, we're ready to go. We've got everybody back in. So uh, looking forward to this Friday night. We hope you are too. We'll be breaking down those matchups on the end zone version of this WTOC Sports Podcast. That'll come out on Thursday. Thanks for listening, everyone. For Lindsay, I'm Jake. We'll talk to you again soon.